Sweet, sweet. Well, let's uh, just go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, what I want to share with you today is so, so central to your personal life and to our life as a body of Christ. And it's one of those messages where I want the Spirit to instruct us and encourage us. And so I feel inadequate to share on a fairly significant, unknown kind of subject. But we'll get there. Let's pray. Our Lord Jesus Christ, we are so grateful for um, your love that abounds richly in our midst. Lord, for us to come into this gathering this morning knowing that you sit on the throne, that you've defeated the evil one, that you are preparing a place for us, that you desire to commune with us. There are so many immutable, steadfast, unchanging characteristics about who you are and your work and your love towards us that it boggles our mind. Lord, we may have weeks, though, where um, we've overlooked a lot of that grace. Lord, may you teach us this hour how to draw near to you. And Lord, may your spirit become more and more alive in our personal life and in our body. Lord, we indeed do want to be fully alive in you, Christ, into your mission. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning I... Um, sorry. That's a little embarrassing. Hello? No kidding. All right, well, um, yeah, uh-huh. You sure? Okay. All right, thanks. I, I, I sort of need to go, though. All right, bye. I'm sorry. Wouldn't it be great, wouldn't it just be great if hearing God's voice was as easy as Him just calling your phone? (laughs) Have you ever been there? God, what do you want me to do? Jesus, what's going on? Hello? Anybody there? Ah, phone call, yeah! There He is! God's calling. Now that would be spooky, wouldn't it? We're in communication all the time with one another, more so than we really need to be probably these days. But when it comes to communicating with God and hearing from God, we are a challenged people. And it would be lovely, would it not, if he just would have left his contact information. In fact, does anybody have it? Does, I mean, I, I could go around and ask you, hey, do you got so-and-so? Does anybody have the contact information on their phone? Forgot. No? Well, 
I tell you why. Because that's archaic. For you to have to look up contact information, for you to have to wait for something to ring, God has a far superior way of communicating with us as His people than what we even get a chance to experience in modern technology world today. With all the mass media and and social networking, we think we've got it, right? U.S. mail, what's that? Whoever thinks about sending something U.S. mail anymore, right? You're going to send a text. You're going to send a message. You're going to be able to, you know, uh, photocopy something and send a PDF file, right? We have all this modern technology, but yet we still struggle as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. Or if you're a seeker this morning and you don't know God, you're struggling trying to figure out, would God just please talk to me? Well, I've titled this morning, The Speaking Voice. I want you to know that the voice of God speaks today. It has always been a speaking voice. The second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, referred to in John. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and that life was the light of man. Jesus is referred to as the Word. And the Word spoke, and creation happened. Can you comprehend that? Void and without form. The voice spoke, and the voice continues to speak. Jesus is defined by Paul and his word as the word. And do not feel handicapped in your life today. Whether you're a seeker or someone who has been walking with Jesus a long time, God desires to speak to you and to I. And God desires to speak to us as a community of people, especially on this fresh journey. But I'm concerned that maybe, possibly, we're not hearing the speaking voice. May this morning ever so gently nudge us to hear that speaking voice more. I want us to go to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 3. The Israelites, it's a no-slide day, so don't expect the Scripture to come up there. If you don't have your words with you, look it up on your smartphone. you got the U version there, or maybe you brought your Bible still, right? 1 Samuel 3. The Israelites were in that um, difficult place again where they had sinned, they'd fallen. God brings a judge. Judge brings them back to him. They fall again. They turn their ears away from God. This ongoing cycle is happening in the nation of Israel. And uh, in particular, there's uh, some uh, breakdown in the priest level. The high priest was Eli at the time, and Eli had a couple sons, and they were scoundrels, and they uh, were doing all kinds of disobedient things, and God was just grieved with that. And so God says, I've got to raise up someone that I can speak to and speak through. And so Hannah, who was a godly person, was barren, begged God for a child. God gave her a boy, and she dedicated that boy to God, took him to uh, the Tabernacle Temple Courts, and he was raised underneath the high priest, Eli. 
probably nine or ten years old. We step into this story. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Why was it rare? They weren't listening for the voice. They were living in disobedience. It wasn't because God says, Oh, I'm going to not call you for a while. I'm going to be really quiet and see what you do. No. The word of the Lord was rare because of the state of the people. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying there in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Now, that's a pretty cool place to sleep out. Don't you think, hey, there's the ark of the Lord here. I'm going to just sleep here. The candles were still sort of glowing. They were dying out dimly. And uh, Samuel was trying to sleep, but things weren't happening for him. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But the high priest Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not know yet the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. If he calls you, say, Speak, Lord. For your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at other times. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And God spoke to Samuel. He gave Samuel a very hard word at a very young age. Can you comprehend this? At the age of 10, God tells a 10-year-old, that uh, he's, he's going to, uh, to kill Eli's sons and, and going to change things up. And he had to go and tell Eli that when Eli begged him. What did the Lord say? And God began to recreate a holy nation through the life and the leadership of Samuel. And then the kings followed on the hills of that. Picture that. Climb back into that setting. Sleeping beside the holy place. be obedient, he says to himself. So he runs to his mentor and he says, yes, yes, what do you want, what do you want? Hey, I didn't call you. I'm going back to bed. Leave me alone. Three times that happens. Can you imagine the third time? Sammy! Oh my gosh, what is Eli's problem? Why is he playing this game with me, right? He goes, Eli says no. He recognizes that God's trying to speak through to this young boy. And he says, next time, say, yes, Lord, for your servant is listening. Yes, Lord, for your servant is listening. Can we say that together? Yes, Lord, for your servant is listening. I'm not saying there's magic in those words by any means, but I tell you what, those are obedient words that God is going to seize and say, I'm going to take you up. Are you ready? 
Are you ready? That speaking voice of God Himself seen in different ways through Scripture. The Spirit of God speaking in an audible way there was like, why doesn't that happen today? I'd be better in a phone call, Carrie. But the audible voice was not always there for the people. God sent His Son to speak a voice of authority and education and teaching of the people. The Word became flesh. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. If I go away, the Spirit's going to come. And the Spirit's going to dwell within you. And then the Spirit will speak to you. God did not stop speaking then. The people that were eyewitnesses of Christ began writing down the stories and the words of Christ. Of course, we had the Hebrew Scriptures, what we know as the Old Testament, and then the New Testament comes into play. And so we have God's Word that is a voice that speaks to us. The last chapter in this particular book is Revelation, and it's a vision of God speaking to John. And it's recorded, speaking to us. One of the primary ways that God speaks to us is through His Word. But you need to understand this, I believe today. This Word is a living Word. It's not locked up as history. God spoke, that's it, it's done. Now, God's Word will never violate what this written Word says. But God speaks a word of affirmation according to this word that comes to each of us in different ways. His speaking voice is reticent and available today. Here's my question. Do you believe that? Oh yeah, we're in church. You just read the Bible, Carrie. Yeah, I, no. No. When you're at home at night, where you're in a crisis situation at work, when you just had a spat with your spouse and you're trying to recover from it, I want to know, do you think in that particular moment that God could come and say, Sammy, Carrie, Sally, David, Veronica, Jesse, William. I believe it's critical for us to lay ourselves before God and say, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Your servant is listening. That is a critical step for us on this path. Because unless we believe God speaks to us, yes, through various means, but that He can reticent speak to us, I don't know that we will hear the voice of God in our life. And I want to challenge us on a personal level. I want to challenge us on a body, congregational level to begin digging out our ears and say, God, speak to us. What do you want us to do? I've kept this inside of the missional community series for a primary reason. If we are to be on mission for God, we need to be listening not to the pastor. That's nice if you do, and hopefully I'm listening to God, right? But we need to be listening to the Spirit of Jesus every day at every hour. And that will not happen if we do not believe He speaks today. He doesn't speak with the phone call, but He speaks through some other means. Let me just throw out a couple, three, and, and then we're going to tag the main one I wanted to tag today. I believe God speaks through His people. 
Have you ever been with a good friend or a Christian friend? And they speak into your life and something inside of you goes, I think that really was for me. Maybe it was a word of encouragement. Maybe a word of instruction. I believe, I'm not talking about the people, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't, I'm not knocking this at any means, but sometimes I, I, I want people who know me speaking into my life. Now, sometimes when people don't know me and they speak into my life and I really identify it as a word of the Lord, word of knowledge or whatever, I go, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, but primarily, it's the people that, that come to me that know me. A lot of times it's my wife, right? Your spouse. And they speak into your life. I remember I got done doing a project this last year on something, and I had my wife read it, and she read it, and she looked at me, and she said, Carrie, this is of God. I'm like, oh, I hope it reads pretty good. No, no, Carrie, this is of God. You really think so? Yeah. That was affirmation in my soul. People that know me, that speak in my life. So God uses godly people around us sometimes that really know us to speak into our life. I believe God uses the church to speak to us. I'm always amazed when somebody catches me after a service or during the week and said, you know, God really spoke to me Sunday morning and spoke to me about X, Y, Z. And I'm going like, really? Because I spoke on ABC. (laughs) But there's something about coming together in a catalytic environment, worshiping God, tuning our ears to one another, where God speaks in corporate gatherings. Do not neglect the assembly of the saints. I'm serious. This helps you continually hear God. There's sometimes in worship and things that are going on that I, I, I'm just dialed in to some things the Lord's saying to me. Maybe it's through the song, maybe the words, maybe it's something else. But I'm in a place of sanctuary and God's speaking. So God can speak through people. God can speak through the church. God speaks indeed through His Word. This is not optional for you and I if we claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ. There should be times that you, not just, you know, sometimes, well, when am I going to have time to study God's Word? I'm so busy. I just come back to one of my main adages. We do what we value. Do you want to hear the voice of God or not? Does it mean His Word? I remember one time an old-time preacher said, Reading God's words like wire in an old house. You never know when you're going to get shocked. <laughs> we had some getting shocked around here this week. <laughs> God's word is alive and active. It wasn't just recorded for eons ago. He comes and he takes those letters and lets them fly off of the page. Now, you may be reading casually here and there, and it's not really going anywhere. That's fine. Stay in the diet of it. There will come places and times when it shocks you. In the shock, it can be a word of rebuke, but I find God's word as a word of affirmation and encouragement predominantly. How about you? See, God's voice, the speaking voice, is a friendly voice. He is for us. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And so we read the Scriptures to hear from God's Word. And I would also encourage, it's one of the main reasons to memorize Scripture. The Word of God have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. This last week I gave my daughter a Bible because she needed a Bible. So we had one we gave to her. And I, I, we filled in the front part of it, right? The date, the name. And I just so much... 
and I didn't do it. I think when mom comes back, we might. But just write a paragraph of what this word will mean to you in your life as you grow up. May it speak to you. May you hide it in your heart that you might not sin against God and live for Him. So people, the church, the Word of God. But I want to list a fourth. And that is that God speaks to us through the resident Holy Spirit. And that is why we have a far superior means of communing with God than any technological device there is. God speaks into our heart through His Spirit. Jesus, He told His disciples this before He left, concerning the Spirit, concerning the speaking aspect. He says, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the Helper will not come. But if I go, I will send Him to you. And He, when He comes, will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. And concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes... He will guide you into all the truth. For He will not speak on His own initiative. Whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take of Mine and will disclose it to you. Aren't those incredible words? Why are we so wishy-washy about the speaking voice? I have... You know, departures are hard. Can you imagine Jesus' departure in the physical sense? In this, you know, fully human, fully divine. I have many more things to say to you. You can't bear them now. But I'm going to send one who's called the Helper. And he's not going to speak on his own initiative. He's going to be listening to me. And as He listens to me, then He's going to be speaking to you. And He's going to disclose to you what is to come. And He's going to bring glory to me. Jesus left us with a supernatural means of hearing His voice. It's called the resident Holy Spirit. Is it possible that we don't hear His voice because we do not slow down? And expect to hear it. In Psalm 46.10 it says, Be still and know that I am God. That be still is a critical aspect. And sometimes you can be still amidst a lot of noise that's going on. Lord, now, this moment, I need to hear from you. Maybe you get to slip away and read the Scripture. Maybe you get to slip away and go into a, a time of prayer. But maybe it's just eyes wide open. Oh my goodness, I need wisdom right now. Wisdom right now. What do you do? All right. And then, then you're saying, okay, so how do I hear this? It's an audible voice. I need a Sammy. I need a Sammy call. No, no Sammy calls coming. What do I do right now? Okay. How does God speak in that moment? I believe He gives impressions on our heart. 
Now, if you're like me, I'm always, I'm always a little iffy here because I never want to be presumptuous. Okay. So the Spirit can speak to us because He dwells within us. If we're Christ followers this morning, that is. That's another good reason to be a Christian. Invite Christ in your life so you, you have the supernatural communication thing going on. Right? And so it's like, whoo, you know, I, I need that. I'm in the moment. And a thought comes to me, something spontaneous. I think God speaks through spontaneity a lot of times. I, I don't know how you're thinking with me here on this. But I think, okay, I'm really trying to seek God on this. And whether it's a, an issue in my personal life or an issue of being on mission, I was like, it speaks to me. And a thought will come. I'm like, okay, I have four options at this moment. I think there's four. One, is this a thought from my own mind? Two, is this a thought... From God. Three, is this a thought from somebody else that's in my brain? My parent? My spouse? My enemy? Or four, is this from Satan himself and his workers? And I wrestle with that. I go, okay, what if I'm wrong? And what I've learned to do over the years is not get so hung up on the what if I'm wrong. If there's a sense of, sense of peace about some spontaneity of thought or maybe a vision, a, a picture in my head that comes, I begin to step into it. And I believe that God begins to use His Spirit voice, becomes more reticent and strong as we step in to those thoughts. Sometimes there's a stream of thought that comes to my mind. Sometimes it's like way off. Alright? I'm, I'm, and I'm proved wrong. But I have chosen to say, God, I believe if you are a speaking voice, that you dwell within me. It's not like I need to hear from the outside. You dwell within me. Then I need to be still, hear from you, and what do you want me to do in this moment? And we need to cultivate that kind of spirit. But I want to say this. This is what you need to do. Be still and listen to the speaking voice of God and obey with action. Be still and listen to the speaking voice of God and obey with action. Because the more you and I obey that voice or that prompting or those thoughts, I believe there is a rhythm starts set up in our soul where we begin to understand and define, oh, that's me thinking. No, that's God thinking. No, that's the devil putting, you know, maybe those thoughts in my head somehow. I don't know how all that works. But I am cultivating the ability to hear the voice of Jesus. That's why Jesus says, the sheep know my voice. And they follow me. Ludwig van Beethoven was born in 1770 in Bonn, Germany. His father wanted him to be a child prodigy of the piano. And so he was relentless in having him practice as a young boy. And Beethoven became known by the age of 25 as an incredible pianist. He was known for his passion and his improvisation of being able to, you know, create things. So by the time of age 25, he was very well known. Three years later, the age of 28, 
he began to lose his hearing. In fact, he went into deep depression because of it. He ended up having to give up being a great pianist. And so he devoted his heart and his time to composing instead. He eventually lost all of his hearing. For him, as he walked through that journey, those who spoke in a whisper were just like a hum. And those who spoke in a loud voice was, was like a, a loud resonating noise that he couldn't understand. The doctor had him leave Vienna and go out into a village and, and just live there, thinking that the stillness and the quietness would help him. And it helped for a while, but then he continued to, to lose all of his hearing. But as he's doing this and he's isolated and, and he had anger issues and other things going on, if you read uh, his life story, he composed some of the most incredible music that we know today. In fact, Beethoven's Sym- Symphony Number no. 9, he recorded out towards that time when he had no ability to hear. He could not hear the sound of music, but he heard the music in his mind. In fact, it was 1824, I believe, when they finally were able to perform the Ninth Symphony. And he was adamant that he would be able to be the conductor. And so they said, okay, And so they let him conduct on that particular evening, and he had his wand, and he's conducting. And they're playing this incredible symphony that he'd written, not realizing that there was another conductor out of his view that was actually leading them so that they would stay on beat. It came to the end of the last movement, and his head was down, and he was conducting, but they'd all stopped. And the audience had broke out in a standing ovation. Finally, one of the players tapped him and grabbed him and turned him around to let him behold everybody that was in raucous praise for this incredible symphony that had been performed. Beethoven could not hear the sound of music, but he heard the music in his mind. You may not hear the sound of God speaking, but you can hear the music You can hear the voice of God in your mind as you continue to cultivate that, to lean into it, and to become obedient to it. And as you're obedient to it, God begins to birth forth an incredible life of communion and relationship that you and I have never had before. And many of you, I could bring you up here this morning and we'd all get testimony maybe of a time where God spoke to us. We didn't know for sure, but God spoke. I was sharing with someone this week about coming out here from Indiana. And I remember when I was sitting in the office and I was sitting with my district superintendent and his wife and, and, and my assistant pastor and my wife were there. And we were talking about the direction of the church and those kinds of things. And I was confused as ever as what was going on back in my other place and why I got after 20 years. All this. But there was this little teeny small voice I felt I heard where Jesus said, trust me, jump. Jump where? just said, let it go. Jump. And I said, all right. Yeah, there's some different directions that some of the people, some of the leadership in the church want to go. And this now, I'm not here to cause problems. You know, you know, when you give birth to a baby, you don't want to kill the baby after 20 years, right? I said, I'll offer my resignation. I had no idea where I was going in a black hole. 
other than there was a small little voice of God, and I didn't want to believe it at the time, that said, trust me, Joan. And I had in my mind, with that small little voice, the idea that he was going to take me somewhere far away. And for me, California is a long ways away. What are your testimonies when God said this? Did you obey or did you resist? Erwin McManus, some of you may know him. He pastors a church in Hollywood called Mosaic. He has a great book he just came out with called uh, The Artesian Soul. And my son Ryan was reading it. In fact, there's a chapter in there that, that alludes to some of the, the artist's voice. Uh, this story's not in that book. At least I don't think I've read all of it yet. But he talks about when uh, his son was five or six, his son Andrew, Aaron. And Aaron kept saying, what does the voice of God sound like? And he kept saying to Aaron, he says, he says well, you'll know. Well, we're going to walk on these things. Well, one day he got into junior high. Aaron goes to junior high camp. So here's, you know, Pastor Irwin. He ends up going with another pastor, and they visit the camp. And he arrives at the youth camp. And his son has got into a little bit of a squabble with somebody and, and tried to hurt somebody. And, and people had to hold him back. That's great, pastor, son kind of thing, right? And uh, his son was so upset, he says, Dad, I'm done. And he said, I want to get out of here. So he packed his stuff, threw it in the car. He said, let's go. I'm leaving. And Irwin was like, okay, what do I do? One last valiant effort. So he took his son into a wooded area on two rocks and sat down. And he said, Aaron, I just got a question. Was there anything inside of you that was telling you what you need to do? And he says, yeah, that I... I need to reconcile, and I, I need to um, make up. He says, do you think that was the voice of God? He says, I know it was the voice of God. It's great! Woo! What a win! Here in the middle of his son, almost, you know, walking out of the youth camp, right? Woo! What a win! You heard the voice of God! It's exciting. I remember, he says, you, always, you heard the voice of God? He says, yeah, Dad. I don't care, though. I'm not going to obey God. <laughs> well, thankfully he did. He ended up reconciling with the boy that they got into a tuffle with, and he stayed. But you recognize that? You're teaching and training yourself. Oh, there it is. That, 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 that's it. Right there. I was talking with someone this week. I was able to get around to about three different homes and talk to couples and stuff. It was fun. And uh, we were talking about some of the people they have relationships with, right? Missional communities. We're going to be on mission with God. To be on mission with God, we're going to hear the voice of the Spirit, tells us what to do. He gives us our instructions. And they started sharing with me a couple things. I'm like, oh, oh, that's good. That's good. You see what God's doing right there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We need to encourage one another about hearing the voice of God. And sometimes they come out in the casual events of our ordinary life and say, that's God speaking. Lean into that. Lean into that. Is it a spontaneous thought? Is it a picture? Go to the Word. Let it resonate more with you. Journaling is another great one. You ever done that? Just, all right, God, here's a pen or on a type, uh, keyboard. Speak to me. Okay. Yesterday, dot, dot, dot. And I'm like starting to do a little of a journal article. But yesterday, God, was a terrible day. And then I turn it around and I say, and God says, I know it was a bad one. And so then I just start creating in one sense, not fictitiously, but trying to discern what the Spirit of God is saying to me. So this is my encouragement to us. The speaking voice is resonant 
It is there. It is available. It is there through God's word. It'll come to you through a friend. It'll come to you in a a place of sanctuary, maybe. But it will come to you through the inner spirit that dwells within you. And you and I have to cultivate that. And we have to just teach ourselves simply this phrase that Samuel taught, right? That, That he said, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. Yes, Lord, your servant is listening. Be still. Be still and listen to the speaking voice of God and obey quickly with action. You know, one of the means of communication before these cell phones, the fastest mean in the old days was the telegraph. I'm not going to ask who's old enough to say they are. And so Morris code operators were pretty important in those days. And uh, there was uh, a situation where a young man was needing a job, and uh, they were needing Morse code translators. And so he showed up after reading the newspaper ad to answer it. And he walked in to a large office environment that was very busy and chaotic. There was noise of the office going on, and there was a telegraph uh, noise in the background. And uh, there were some other gentlemen sitting there waiting um, to be interviewed for the job. But there was a simple sign on the desk that said, um, thank you for responding. Um, Have a seat. Fill out this form. Have a seat. And um, respond when you're beckoned. So he has a seat. They're sitting there for quite a while. and, And all of a sudden, this guy who walked in at last, the last guy, he gets up and he walks into the inner office. And the rest of the guys are going, oh my gosh, he's, what's he doing? Yeah, that's going to disqualify him for sure. Well, a few moments later, out walks the boss and he tells the gentleman, he says, guys, thanks for coming, but the job's been fulfilled. This is our new hire. And they're like, what? That's not fair. We were here first. What do you mean the job's been filled? And he said, well, The telegraph was clicking away in the background, and it was just saying this over and over again. If you understand this, come into the office, you are hired. (laughs) If you understand this, come into the office, you are hired. As we're on mission with Jesus, we need to tune our ears to the voice of Jesus. He wants to hire you. He has jobs for you to do that are incredible participation acts with what the Spirit of God's doing in this world. But with all the noise and the surroundings, we have to tune our ears to that voice. And as we tune our ears to that voice, we will be given our instructions. Can you pray with me? Father, I ask this morning that we would be sensitive to your voice in ways that have been uncommon for us as individuals and as a body in recent years. And may we listen to the Spirit of truth who will guide us into all the truth, who will not be speaking on his own initiative, but will be speaking whatever he hears coming from you. And Lord, May we be obedient and may we bring you glory 
We want to hear your voice and obey. Lord, I know there's many needs represented in a body like this this morning. There are many cries of the soul that are going out. Cries for personal strength, financial help, health issues, direction. Lord, may you minister your voice to those needs. Lord, I also know for us as a body facing the swing gate before us, walking into a new dimension of ministry, that, that we could easily run ahead of you and do our own thing. Lord, may we not do that, but may we listen to your voice. And in listening to your voice, may we not lag behind either. Lord, help us be a people that simply say, Yes, Lord, your servant is listening. Lord, use us, empower us. We thank you for the love relationship we have with you. Lord, even during this worship time as we finish out this hour, may we listen as we offer to you our praise. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray.